unveiling the secrets A-list copywriters use to make themselves and their clients millions. This is the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. You know, whenever you're about to roll out a huge campaign on Facebook or YouTube, you're facing a huge risk. How do you know your ad is optimized in the four most important ways to get you the biggest bang for your buck? For most people, it's a roll of the dice or time to call in an expert in statistics. Because without optimizing, it can be so complicated, most people really don't know how to do it or to get it right without taking weeks and weeks and spending hundreds of dollars in ad spend just to get it right. The four things you need to optimize are your hook, your headline, your pain point, and your call to action. Lucky for you, Nathan has gone through weeks of testing and tweaking to come up with a method to do it fast, do it cheap, and do it right. And what do I mean by that? What Nathan figured out allows him to figure out what's going on in his main copy, what's going to work before he writes a word, all for about 8 to $15 a day in three or four days. He calls it sprint testing, and he's going to lay it out for you today. But first, let me lay this on you. Copy is powerful. You're responsible for how you use what you hear in this podcast, and most of the time, common sense is all you need. But if you make extreme claims, and or if you're writing copy for offers in highly regulated industries like health, finance, and business opportunity, you may want to get a legal review after you write and before you start using your copy. My larger clients do this all the time. So Nathan, today you are the featured guest and you've got something really cool to tell us about. What is it that most people have problems with when they try to do conversion rate optimization? Um, in other words, getting everything right in their lead gen ads on Facebook or YouTube or wherever else online. And what are the problems with these approaches? most people use? Well, I want to first of all give credit where credit is due. I learned this from a company called Mint CRO, and they've got a bunch of training and uh, material out there that kind of explain how they do this. And I learned it, I implemented it, and I was amazed by the results. And I think the biggest pain point that us as copywriters deal with is we have clients that come to us and they say, hey, I need a sales page that has three different variations for the headline, a couple variations for the hook, maybe a two variations for the call to action, and I'll pay you this much for it, and then we write it up, and then they start sending traffic, and maybe none of them work. And we're testing five different variables against each other or like a four times four grid. This headline with this hook with this call to action versus this headline with this same hook, but this different call to action. And we multiply that by four by four. We got 16 different sales pages we're sending traffic to. Very inefficient, very expensive. And so what we're going to talk about today is 
a way that I have found and implemented and tweaked upon to make it my own, but uh, a way of doing all that testing upfront before you even start writing the sales page, before you even start writing the ads, before you construct your offer, being able to use Facebook and Instagram ads for eight to 10, maybe $15 a day and test one variable at a time. And by the time you get done with four days worth of testing, so say conservatively about $50, $60 worth of testing, you know exactly what messaging, what pain point, what hook, what call to action, what headline is going to resonate with your audience. And then once you have all of that in place, then it comes down to writing one or two versions of your ads, one or two versions of your sales letter, and all of your testing's already done. So you're you're writing a message that you already know is going to connect. Yeah, and I want to double back on something you were talking about initially. It's true, clients do ask you to write multiple pieces, but they don't really know it. They, they're doing that because they think they're supposed to test. They don't really understand the actual mathematics of testing. They don't understand, you know, that if you're going to test one thing against another, they should, you should already have some evidence that those things work. And they, so it, it's like they're doing it because they think they're supposed to, or I think it's cool, or they want to show how much they know, but that's not really the way to do it. Yeah. And so what we'll talk about is the method that I use generally. I mean, as a copywriter, I already come up with three or four different headlines that I think might work. I already come up with three or four different pain points that I think might work. Sometimes I come up with two or three different versions of the call to action at the end that I think might work. And so as copywriters, we're already doing this. And then we try to figure out what's the best guess on which one's going to work, which one are we going to put? Maybe we'll test this one against this one. But again, it's just so inefficient to have written your whole sales letter and then have to test things versus testing things a piece at a time and then knowing, oh, okay, this, these two headlines obviously outperform all the other ones that I came up with. So this is going to be the direction that the, that the sales letter takes, or this pain point is obviously the one that most people are interested in solving. So that's the pain point. That's going to be the lead pain point. And it takes the guesswork out of having to write this. So I feel like we're blathering now. I want to jump into it. No, I, I think it's really good because the the problem is if you don't have this worked out in advance, you don't really have a profitable way to scale. I mean, you can lose money on every sale and what, make it up in volume? I don't think so. And yeah, as a copywriter, you're going to be able to narrow your choices, but sometimes the market will fool you completely. Sometimes you just had no idea what was on their mind. And you have come up with profitable campaigns right out of the box with this, haven't you? I mean, we'll talk about that a little more later, but is that right? Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is the old way of testing, I mean, you write the whole sales letter, you write the ads, you write the email sequence for the follow-up, you write everything, and then you start dumping money into it. And then you got to wait a week or two weeks or maybe a month before you see, oh, this is clearly the winner. This way, the way that I figured out how to do this or that I learned and kind of changed a little bit to make it work better for me 
within a day, within two days, within four days maximum, I have every single piece that I, that's going to be the kind of foundation of my sales piece. So within four days, I have my whole message ready to be put together. And then it's just a, a matter of assembling it rather than, rather than waiting. I mean, like Google ads, sometimes I end up waiting two weeks before the ag- algorithm figures out who best to serve it to. And then I can kind of look and be like, oh, these keywords are definitely not working. These keywords definitely are. This audience is not working. This audience is. That's a lot of money. If you're spending a hundred, five hundred, a thousand dollars a day to figure that out versus having it all figured out for under fifty dollars before you even start writing. Yeah, I mean, okay. Now, now you've got me impatient. Tell, tell me what it is. Tell me how. Let's let's get down to nitty gritty. Okay, so, like I said, this is something that I learned from Mint Cro. They have a small training course on it, and then they teach people one on one. Not a sponsor of this particular podcast. Uh, I was just a real big fan of what I learned and what I was able to implement from what I learned from them. So, uh, I just want to. And, and also to be clear, they're not copywriters; they're traffic people. So you you put a copywriter frame on on their ideas and methods. So this isn't mm-hmm. this isn't just we're not just sharing their information. We're talking about your innovation, your jump from the next step from the basic thing you learned. Yeah, and that was kind of I think that's why I was able to take it and run with it is because I've got. 10 plus years in advertising and copywriting specifically. And this was kind of one of those, oh, now I can see it from another person's point of view, but I can add my own flavor to it. So that's kind of what I did. But what they teach is a really, they call it sprint testing. It's a really quick uh, way of testing things on Facebook and Instagram. And you just test one piece at a time. And the way that it works is you come up with, five or six different pain points that you know that your audience struggles with, complains about, is looking for a solution for. And then your ads, you set up your ads to only test that one thing. So the ad itself doesn't have any headline copy, doesn't have any uh, more information copy, just has a link. The, The only thing other than the headline or the pain point that you're testing is a link to the sales page or to your website and the only thing that you're actually testing is the main creative uh, image. And it's just like a, a meme image or a, a plain color flat image with flat text on it. And, the, and you have four or five of those, maybe up to eight of those of the different pain points that you want to see which one is really going to get people's attention. And so you lay out your four or five up to eight different pain points and you set them up all under one campaign in Facebook ads and say, hey, I want to test all of these pain points against each other all in one campaign and don't let any of them go above four or 500 impressions and don't let the ad spend on any of them go above five to $10 each and set them to go for 24 hours and just let them go. And by the end of 24 hours, it's very clear which ones get the most clicks and which ones don't. And the ones that get the most clicks usually have the lowest click-through costs and the lowest cost per acquisition associated with them. And sometimes there's a little bit of variant there, but at the end of 24 hours, it's easy to see, oh, this pain point 
really hits home. This other one also does a good job. These other three that I thought were going to work really well, nobody clicked on these ones at all. So obviously those are not the ones that I'm going to lead my sales message with. Okay. So you've got two pain points now and pain point research is done, right? Mm -hmm. Then you go on to the next thing, right? Yeah. And so then we say, okay, well, these pain points are what's hitting. So let's try and come up with, let's brainstorm some uh, solutions that really apply to these pain points. We have a bunch of different solutions, but the ones that really apply to these pain points, let's let's see what promises people want to hear about how we can make them feel if they're frustrated about this pain point. And mm -hmm. so now that's why I usually start with my pain points, then I move on to the promises, and we test five or six promises. And so if the pain point was something about maybe weight loss, the promise the pain point might be, there might be a bunch of different ones like, are you sick of not looking good naked? Or are you sick of not being able to fit in your high school prom dress? Or are you sick of people looking at you funny when you get in the little electric cart when you go shopping at Walmart? Or are you sick of not being able to go out and exercise and have fun with your grandkids? Which one of those pain points is going to be the one that most hits my people. Well, now that I know it's the one with the grandkids, my people are sick of not being able to enjoy time with their grandkids. Well, now I know what promise to make them. And now I just have to figure out the variance. Otherwise I'd be going in. Well, do I make a promise about being able to walk through Walmart and not be embarrassed by the cart? Do I make a promise about being able to fit into your prom dress? Nope. The promise they, they want is going to be about being able to enjoy time with their grandkids. So now I'm going to test four or five different promises based around that particular pain point. And then they're going to again tell me, this is the promise I want to hear. So the promise determines the range of possible pain points. I mean, the pain point, I'm sorry, the pain point determines the range of possible promises, right? Exactly. Yep. So I nail down my pain point. Then I know, okay, my promise needs to address this pain point. So I come up with a bunch of different promises do the same thing, run them for a day, give them each up to four or 500 impressions, give them each up to five to $10, let them run 24 hours later. I know exactly which promise my people want to hear. And then it's on to testing headlines or testing offers. Okay. So what, what do you do there? <laughs> same thing. I feel like we're beating a horse, but now that I know my pain point, now that I know my promise, then it's time to write my headline. Hey, do you like the sound of promise A without having to worry about pain point B? Boom, there's one version. Uh, hey, if you're looking for pain pr or promise A without having to worry about pain point B, there's another variation. Hey, are you sick of pain point and rather you'd rather have promise? There's another version. And so I just come up with four or five different versions. I have this book about advertising headlines that make you rich that I swipe a lot of my headlines from. And so I'll take a couple ideas from there. I'll, I'll kind of shoehorn my promise and my pain points into those templates that I swiped. I can't remember the name of the guy that wrote the book, but he's a genius. And, uh, and then I test him. Well, I think his last name begins with the same letter that the word genius begins with. Oh yeah, that's true. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, same same test. Test four or five of them against each other. Run them for four or five hundred impressions. 
Don't let any of them spend more than five to ten dollars. And by the end of day three, I've got my pain point, I've got my promise, and I've got at least a good idea on what headline is going to grab people's attention and make them want to click. And then if if my client has different offers that they're testing, if they don't have their offer down, that's usually the fourth step, but a lot of times just those first three steps. And so three days of testing, 10 to $20 each day, $60, 50 to $60 total, and we've got our message and we know what's going to hit and we know what's going to convert. Okay, so you made this sound really simple, but I actually did some back of the envelope math. And what what we've got here is eight pain points times six promises. That's actually 48 iterations times five headlines. That's 240, except you're not really doing that because you're eliminating seven of the eight pain points and you're eliminating five of the six promises. So this is much more efficient than if you tried to do some multivariate testing, you'd probably, I don't know, have to do 10, 20,000 instances. This is just much more efficient. So much more. And again, what I've found from using this is the old way, get everything written and then start testing. The new way, do your testing and you know exactly what to write. And it's so much faster and it's so much more cost efficient that I'll never go back to doing it the old way again. Yeah. Plus, of course, of, of course, this is going to help you with your main sales page. But needless to say, it's going to help you get your your cheapest, most uh, interested leads, too. Mm-hmm. And drastically cuts down the cost of advertising, the conversion rates, the cost per click, everything just goes down. And so I feel, I kind of feel bad that I've gone 12 years in advertising without knowing this one simple thing. And maybe at the beginning of my career, all of these tools weren't available, but they are now. And so I would say if you're, if you're not playing around with this stuff, you're doing yourself a disservice in 2023, 2024. Are you getting tired of using the hero's journey in your sales copy over and over again? My book, The Persuasion Story Code, will help you put together stories that convince your prospects and resolve their objections. If you're a copywriter, you'll appreciate that every single one of the 25 kinds of stories in this book have been proven time and time again in profitable sales copy. But I've also used these kinds of stories to close five and six figure deals for my own business, and so have many of my clients. These stories are easy to create and easy to tell. They sound like ordinary conversation, but they are all designed and proven to lead to a yes. You can get the Persuasion Story Code on Amazon.com. So get your copy today. Okay, so want to talk about results? Yeah, so we're about tomorrow or the day after tomorrow. Tomorrow's Friday as we record, so Saturday. Saturday, we're about to launch the newest campaign that we've used on this. It's going to be a video sales funnel for one of my clients in the cannabis industry. And we've used this twice now. So the first time that we used it, it was on a sticker campaign. And I'm not going to get too deep into that, but I love using stickers for tripwire lead generation. Stickers are an amazing uh, uh, an amazing way 
especially in the cannabis industry, since it's very hard to advertise in that particular industry, but it's really easy to advertise stickers to get people the first amendment, right? First yeah. Amendment, you can you can sell a sticker with yeah. anything, pro- well, almost anything. There probably almost are a few. We, we can't do an advertisement for, hey, this product will help you grow better cannabis. But we can do a advertisement for a sticker that says, I love growing cannabis. So <laughs> using uh, stickers to do our lead generation with. Is and, and you some- actually create the stickers, right? You know how to do that. Yeah, we create the stickers and generally... The, and this is pretty much every industry that I've tried this on. Stickers that speak for the person buying them. Like people love stickers that they can put on their laptop or the back of their car that tell the world something about themselves. So that usually works best. But maybe we don't know what they want to tell the world. So we come up with four or five different things that we think, hey, this this is our target audience and this is what they want to scream to the world. And then we test them. Same thing. We set up a single color background, one by one image, 18, uh, 1018 by 1018 pixels. And then we put, um, I grow cannabis or grow your own medicine or I wet my plants or <laughs> different, <laughs> different variations of stuff like that. And then we test them. We just run them against each other and we say, hey, I grow my own medicine or grow your own medicine. This one's obviously, this 10 to 1, this one got more clicks than any other design did. And so we know, okay, when we run an ad, we're going to run an ad for the Grow Your Own Medicine sticker. And then we'll try and upsell the other stickers once people buy that one. But if we try to run an ad for the ones that fail, click-through rates suck. Nobody gets to the sales page. But if we know right away, before we even start writing the ads, Grow Your Own Medicine is the one that grabs people's attention and gets people to click that's the sticker that we lead with. And recently we started a video sales funnel and the client has a nutrient for growing cannabis. That's a single application. You add it into the soil at the very beginning and it feeds your plants all the way to the harvest. And so you don't have to sit there and mix and measure. You don't have to be in your grow calculating things and watching the calendar and making sure you're feeding on the right days at the right time and making sure the moon's in the proper cycle or whatever, all, all the other crazy stuff that growers do. You just add it at the beginning, right when you right when you put your plants in the soil and it feeds it all the way to the end. But we didn't know. Is this for lazy growers who or busy growers who don't have time to be in the or is this for new growers who are kind of intimidated by the complicated feeding schedules? Well, we did the same thing. We ran a couple of different messages based on the pain point. Hey, mixing and measuring is confusing and you don't want to kill your plants, especially if you're a brand new grower. Versus, hey, mixing and measuring is time consuming and you're busy and you got more important things to do and you shouldn't be chained to your garden. And we ran those against each other and mixing and measuring is confusing. And if you're a brand new grower, you might kill your plants was definitely the one that grabbed more attention, got way more clicks, got way more visits to the site. And so we knew our whole campaign is based off of that pain point. From this point forward, we're not going to worry about you're busy and you don't want to be chained to your garden and you got more important things to do. It was, hey, you don't want to kill your plants because you screw up on mixing, measuring your nutrients. Here's a simple solution so that you don't have to worry about that. And so we're about to launch that new campaign. And this is about, I think this is the fourth time that I've used this method to, to 
write my copy and come up with my offer and come up with how the campaign is going to go. And each time that I've done it the first time, it was a little bit wonky, the results, but I figured some stuff out and that's where the direct response copywriting came in. And I said, okay, I need to do it different than the way that they taught it and more the way that a direct response copywriter would do it. Second time that I did it was with some stickers. Third time that I did it with was with also some stickers. And this is my first time applying it to actual copywriting and coming up with the sales message, coming up with the VSL. And I'm confident that this one's going to do just as well as the two previous ones did. So I'm excited to launch this and get the results. Yeah. You know, I love second generation direct marketers because, you know, it's not like someone comes over and the Mayflower is a direct marketer. This is always kind of a new thing in any any family. And I was talking yesterday to another great copywriter, another really good friend. And um, he's telling me his daughter has started up a, a business and it, it's a good direct marketing business, but she needs some work in her copy. Naturally, I recommended my books and your book. But in terms of, you know, second generation, you're doing something with Bella. Do you want a sticker business that you want to talk about that at all? Yeah. So that was the first time that I hit it out the park with this method. And I was like, oh, I figured it out. I'm on to something here. And uh, we have a, my daughter is into Wicca and the kind of more spiritual stuff. She really, she's a teenager. She likes cute witches and cute black cats and stuff like that. And we came up with a bunch of different stickers that were different variations of witches based off of the elements and based off of different cultures around the world. And we had one, one witch that it's a witch sticker and it's a, a moon magic witch. So it's a witch in a black and gray silver outfit and she's sitting in front of the moon or she's sitting on a crescent moon. And then we have a fire element witch and a water element witch and a Air. ancient Air, air magic and a, a Native American witch and a, a Mexican bruja witch and a, a African American um, voodoo priestess. And we have all these different stickers and we didn't know which one we should advertise for. And so we just made a, a post of each one, put them all in one campaign and said, well, which one? And all of them led back to the same web page. And we said, well, run each one to 400 impressions run each one to not spend more than 4 or $5 per day, let them all go for a day, and see which one is going to be the clear winner, the one that people really like. And it ended up being the Moon Magic Witch. And so when we started the next video campaign, it was that. It was that, that was the sticker that we started off with. Show somebody slap that Moon Magic sticker on a Yeti water cooler. Show somebody slap it on the back of a laptop. Show somebody slap it on the back of their bullet journal. And if you want this sticker and you want to see other stickers, go over to stickerspells.com. And it worked like gangbusters. Before I was spending, I was I was probably getting about a 1.5 to a 1.7 return on my ad spend. And with stickers, it's really easy to get a good return on your ad spend. So I wasn't happy with 1.5 or 1.7. We ran the new one based off of what sticker people told us they wanted to see. And it jumped to a four, I was like a 4.2 or a 4.3. Just the difference between campaign one and campaign two, four times multiplying what our spend or three times multiplying what our return on ad spend was. That was when I was like, Oh, I, I, I got it. This is awesome. That's really great. 
Boy, we're we're running a little long, but we don't want to stop yet. I mean, you you have certain rules of thumb. Um, people ought to know um, what you know, where to test, how off, how long to test, things like that. Do you want to go over that a little bit? Yeah. So we kind of mentioned earlier, all of these are just one day sprint tests. I just want to test for a single day. I don't want to spend more than twenty dollars, maybe thirty dollars. And I do this all on Facebook and Instagram and Facebook and Instagram are great for running quick little tests like this. Google ads, you have to wait a week or two before the algorithm knows what's working, what's not working, and you can see clear results. Facebook, they just shotgun it out there and you can see immediately, oh, this is the one that people are engaging with. This is the one that people are actually clicking on. This is the one that gets me my best cost per click. So I always do this sprint testing on Facebook and Instagram. I generally start... The testing at 8 a.m. in New York time. So that's like 6 o'clock where I'm at in the mountains. And I think that'd be 5 o'clock where you're at very early. 5 o'clock, <laughs> yeah. 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 So if I'm setting them up at night, I make sure that they don't go live until the next morning, 8 o'clock in the morning. And I let them go for 24 hours. But usually by 8 o'clock at night, they're done doing their sprint test. So about 12 hours is what they generally run. And there's all in one campaign. So when I'm split testing in Facebook and Instagram, all of my ads are going to be under the same campaign so I can compare them. The algorithm works better that way for Facebook and Instagram. On YouTube, when I'm split testing ads or Google ads, I always do them under their own campaign. And then I compare the campaigns against each other. So Facebook and Instagram all on one campaign and compare the individual ads against each other. And then on Google and YouTube, when I have what I want and I'm going to make the actual ads, <coughs> I set them up to in their own individual campaign and compa compare the campaigns against each other. And that's about it, man. It's just the combination of knowing what works <coughs> for split testing in Facebook and then knowing what works for split testing in YouTube. Well, you have this one-two punch idea, right? That you test the ads one place, but you run the funnel somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So... Again, because Facebook is so fast at telling me what's going to connect, I do all of my, and these are just click campaigns or engagement campaigns, clicks to, clicks to website or engagement. And so I'm not actually doing the sales on Instagram and Facebook. I'm sure I probably could, but I don't get as good results. But when I take the information that I'm able to mine from the Facebook and the Instagram campaigns, and then I build my actual video ads to a video sales page and then run those ads on YouTube based off of what I learned from Instagram and Facebook on what's going to work. Yeah, that one-two combination. YouTube in general pays back more in my experience than Facebook and Meta ads do. But when you take the information that Meta gives you and use that to craft your ad campaigns that you then run on YouTube, it, it's just the perfect combination and it just knocks it out of the park. That's great. Why don't we wrap up here? I think our, our, our call, our the recap is you gave us so much great information, Nathan, this is like revolutionary. And it's the first thing about testing I've heard in a while that really makes sense. It just it seems very practical and doable and lines up with all the, direct response principles that we live by. So I think the the recap is listen to this again 
And maybe we'll, we can do another one where you can even go into more depth on this. And for our wise YouTube viewers, we'll have some gr visuals and, and graphics. And if people want to reach out to you, maybe to do one of these for you or to for consulting or something, that would be advertisingalchemist.com, correct? Yep. So my two main website hubs are advertisingcheatcodes.com. And if you want to get directly in touch with me and uh, get a little bit of help on setting this up and making sure that your next ad campaign hits it out of the park, advertisingalchemist.com. Well, that's really good. Thanks for your mental and locutional flexibility from, from being a producer co-host to being the guest today, Nathan. <laughs> Thank you for having me on. I always love it when we get to have these conversations because I'm an egomaniac and I love being the center of attention. Attention loves that too. <laughs> All right. And if you enjoyed this episode, you can find much more like this over at copywriterspodcast.com. So I don't want to forget to shout out the main homepage of the podcast, copywriterspodcast.com. All right. Really great. All right, man. We will catch you later. Catch you later. Thanks. Hey, did you enjoy today's show? Want to help get it into the ears of more listeners? Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. This is the Copy and Funnels Podcast Network.